And we're back with another episode. It is yours truly, Buckley on Air. And I'm here with my two good friends, my brothers, Alex and Anthony. Alex, how you doing? Doing great over here. I mean, it's been a, been a good minute since we've gotten to talk. Thankfully, uh, the NBA was kind to us and didn't do anything in that time, <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, no, we'll see how things play out. And how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's always nice to be back. Always nice. So this week we'll be talking about what's happened recently in free agency, which is pretty much nothing it seems like. But KD staying in Brooklyn has been the talk of the town in the NBA circle. And I wanted to get you guys' opinions on the impact of him staying and how that's affected the rest of free agency. So, Ant, I'm going to turn to you. Um, what do you think about the Nets saying you're staying? Um, Woj actually reported this uh, when he said he was saying it was very similar to a Kobe in 07 situation where Kobe was very unhappy, wanted out. Um, they tried to trade him, didn't like any of the options that they got. It was like, we're not trading you, you're staying. Um, so I felt like this situation could possibly turn into something like that. KD's stuck there. I feel like it's going to keep Kyrie there now. I don't see Kyrie going anywhere, at least for this season. Um, they're going to run it back. I feel like the team is definitely improved from last season. Um, so if everybody buys in, plays a role, like, I think the, I think the season could be better than it was last year for, for them. Alex? I think KD set back player empowerment a good solid 20 years. Everything that LeBron, Steph, Kawhi have, have, you know, fought blood and tooth for to expand, you know, rights for, you know, top player mobility. KD just set it all back. Maybe not for everyone. Granted, it's different. He's 34 years old and his, you know, it's hard to gauge his value at, at this area. But, you know, you force demand a trade it becomes public everywhere uh, the other team's not getting good value for you and then you want you threaten to uh you know say it's either me or the coaching staff they don't get rid of them and then you threaten to retire and they call your they call your bluff out on it and then you just agree to come back and play ball and run it back i mean not surprised coming from kd kind of kind of up his alley i'm Maybe I sound like I'm, you know, you know, I feel robbed of a fun NBA offseason. Maybe I'm a little salty about that. But I think, uh, you know, it's they should be better than seventh in the East going forward, even if Ben Simmons doesn't come in halfway through the season. But we'll see. So I agree with them being better than seventh. Um, and I do think that he did set back player empowerment. But I don't think that it was an issue that the Nets didn't get what they necessarily wanted. I think they were asking for too much. Honestly, I feel like they were being like satirical and kind of, oh, we're going to ask you for everything and we know you're not going to give them up because we're not getting rid of KD. And they just ended up giving up on the fact of trying to get a trade partner for him because I don't think they wanted to get rid of him in the first place. I'm more intrigued in reference to this on the way that it played out for the rest of free agency because I think a lot of teams passed on guys or didn't try and sign certain players or make even make trades 
because they were trying to be in play for KD, and that might have hurt a lot of players. Um, I think even with the current free agency, the guys that are still available, I think some of those guys may have had to wait a little too long to find out if they're going to be keep playing or they got to figure out what's next and after basketball. Yeah, but that's a call. KD, you know, KD, that's not that's not his priority. His priority is, you know, I got to take care of mine. And, you know, for his, the one time I agree, you should be selfish. You got to take care of yourself. You only get a certain amount of time in the NBA. Uh, definitely, it, it, it created a lock jam. Hopefully, we get a release valve soon. Yeah, I remember Pat Bev tweeted about KD, like, being all back and forth, all this and that, and he's the reason why certain guys don't have jobs and stuff like that and in that in that stance I don't I don't agree with Pat Bev on that like it's not Katie's fault that other teams are trying to make plays for him because he wants out and when in reality he's just trying to make the best situation out of himself and for his career like he's not telling teams hey don't sign this guy or this guy because you should try to make a play for me like that's not him that's the franchise's fault so I get I get what Pat Bev is saying. I just don't necessarily agree with him putting the blame on KD when if Pat Bev was just as good as KD, he'll probably be doing the exact same thing. So that's that's one thing I didn't like about this whole situation coming out of it. Well, I think that I, I don't, I'm not really in the same opinion of as you and in reference to what Pat Bev said. I think what he said wasn't an issue. I think that KD took it the wrong way because the way I took it was he said, come on, like you guys, all this time passed and nobody was being signed because everybody was waiting to see what happened with KD. When I don't think it should have been that. I think it should have been teams signing players and signing who they need or who they want and not concerning themselves with getting KD because everybody couldn't get him. Um, You only had a few teams that had even a remote chance of signing KD. And I think that a lot of teams were holding out hope for really no reason. Um, There was really only like two or three teams that I thought had a legitimate chance of getting them. And everybody else, I think, was just holding their breath to figure out what other teams did. And I don't think that was fair to those free agents that are still trying to find homes or some of the players whose names were mentioned in trades. Now they got to go back to this franchise and no, they didn't want me. They were trying to get rid of me anyways. I, I don't think that that creates a good work environment for these players, even though it is a business and your name will come up in trades at some point. I think I don't think many players are it's going to be like the pre-Lakers when they, everybody was in the mentioned to get traded for Anthony Davis and it kind of sabotaged their year. Granted, it's during the offseason. Everybody's not really in the building every day anyways. But... Um, I think Cap really has a point. Because I think it was only a self-centered point because he just wanted to get out of Utah. And he knew it couldn't happen until the KD thing moved on. Did you, did you guys notice, like, within, like, two hours after KD announced he was he was staying in Brooklyn, he got out, of, he got traded out of Utah? I think that's all Pat Beverly was mad about. That's a good point, actually. I didn't even think about it like that. Pat Beverly speaks a lot, uh, you know. So he speaks a lot of trash. Some of it true, a lot of it not true. And uh, I mean, 
eventually it was gonna ha- it was gonna come to a point where it's either gonna be training camp or we have a resolution on this thing. And the uh, probably the league would have moved on and figured the Nets are not they're not negotiating in good faith. They're they're asking for the moon and everything. Like it's gonna be too much to even get KD to even worth acquiring him. I agree. And the league would have moved on with it. Well, I I think it's gonna be interesting to see how things play out in Brooklyn. Um is Kyrie going to be committed? Is KD committed? Or is he just going to go through the motions so he can finally get out of there? And then adding Ben Simmons to the fold, how does that play out for them? Are they a, are they really a better team than they were this past season? Because I don't know if I'm sold on it. Um, they lost their, They pretty much traded their whole bench. They have almost no first-round draft picks. And I just don't see them being much better than a top or bottom three team in the the east bottom three bottom three dang i would agree with you that their chemistry and the whole organizational like culture and everything from bottom from you know from owner to ball boy is pretty garbage but at the end of the day they got too much talent to not win 40 games minimum you're right you're right bottom four <laughs> right. I'll give him one extra spot. Yeah, just bump him up a little bit. Hey, oh, all right, all right. That's I feel like that's a hot take, honestly. I well, think that I think they'll be top four. Stay uh, right there, because you know, if you're four, right about, I, yeah, I see top four. I mean, who who's your top four? Who who would be if you? If, I mean, give me your top five, because one I feel like could be interchangeable. Give okay, me your top five. So off the top of my head, I'm thinking no no particular order. You got Celtics, Heat, uh, Philly, Brooklyn, and who else is in the East? Milwaukee. My bad. I was about to say. <laughs> so that'll be the top I was about five. To say it for you. <laughs> I appreciate. It. I don't know how I forgot them, but yeah, I feel like those are the top five, and I feel like all five of those teams could really compete one through five. Like, I don't I don't see any of those teams really, like, being ten games above the next. I feel like they're all going to be within five games of each other. So Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, that's what it was this year. I mean, the Heat, everybody forgets the Heat did win the first first seed for a reason. Granted, it was only by, like, a game and a half and a lot of injuries happened, but that, that's life. And it's probably going to be it's going to be that way where again where the East is a total slugfest for whoever you know is the first seed and then the fifth seed probably the first and the fifth seed are separated by less than five games probably. I don't know if I think it's I don't think it's going to be like that close. Um, I think Celtics, Bucks, Heat definitely going to be the top three. I think Sixers are going to be in there makes it four. They're making a lot too much big of a deal. You know, he, he losing P.J. Tucker hurts. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like P.J. Tucker going to Philadelphia that fixes a lot of the issues that Philadelphia has. Mm. What, what would you say their issues are then? Uh, getting good ball movement going around. Because uh, it's just it's just the James Harden and Embiid isolation shows. I, I mean, I agree, but I feel like if Embiid wasn't hurt in the playoffs... The Heat would have had a real tough time in that series. It would have been real tough, and I mean, it was not. I mean, they looked easy at the end because James Harden was just exasperated by it, and Embiid was just not a hundred percent. But I think, I think the Heat play in the conference some of the best defense against Embiid possible. Mm, beg to differ on that. Um, 
when Bam's on him, I guess. Still beg to differ on that. Uh, so after that, I would say if I put five, if I had to put five and put yeah, the, those, those are my five as well. I don't know, like I don't know who's gonna. I doubt my Heat are gonna finish first again. I won't. I won't. I won't double down that hard on them. Well, no, I think the Heat will finish in that top three for sure. But I, I think a team that will be better than they were this past season will be the Hawks. And it's not because of DeJounte Murray. I just think they're going to be better because last season they played the whole season where different important players were hurt for stretches. And I think if they should be healthy coming into this season, they'll be a lot better, a whole lot better, in my opinion. I think that I think them and the uh, Nets will improve, but they're both they were seven and eight. So who were who were five? I think the Bulls probably dropped down. Oh, I forgot about the Bulls. So yeah, I definitely don't think the Nets will be. Um, you have the Bulls finishing ahead of the Nets. Yes. Really? Yes. I mean, I'm hoping Lonzo will be healthy. That'll be one of the ma- Lonzo and Patrick Williams. Them two being healthy will well, be very important. Did they announce uh, Lonzo's not starting the season? Like he's injured. He I the I didn't see that. But Patrick Williams being there was important because if you remember when the Bulls jumped out and were like the best team in the East to start the season, Patrick Williams was there. Then he got hurt and they literally dropped. When him and Lonzo got hurt, they dropped off third. So I, say, I know they're all NBA teams and they're all professionals and everything, but the, the Bulls had like like a staggered easy squad. Like they played like like the two West. They played like the West was notoriously worse than the East. Like on an average, like an average Eastern team versus an average Western team, the average Eastern team was better. So they got like an easy start to their year. They got to play Sacramento twice. Uh, they got to play the Wizards like three times early before it became January and everything, and then. Granted, the injuries happened to you know all their big guys, Lonzo and uh, what's it called? Uh, Patrick Levine, Levine. Yeah, Patrick and Williams Levine, and, and Levine, and it just coupled on top that they they hit the tough part of their schedule too. But I think in hitting the tough part of their schedule, the the defense that they had, the two guys that are their better defenders, were gone, and I I think we cannot ignore that for them. I, I don't see why you would um, diminish that even though they did have an easy start to the schedule but you still got to win those games you got to play and they were at a point they were winning tough games early on in the season before before Lonzo got hurt once Lonzo got hurt they completely fell off because they had no they had no point guard they had no defense and they were just holding on for the rest of the season and then Levine gets hurt so then now you got uh DeRozan having to hold the fort together but I think that if healthy, their whole team, they can be a top four, top five team in the East this next season. I didn't think that last year. I definitely thought they needed some, some chemistry and to get things rolling. But I think this coming year, I think they'll be fine. Do you think they're better than Hawks? Fully healthy? Yes. I, I just forgot to mention them. That was what about it. the Raptors? Raptors were five. Do you think they fall down? I think the Raptors... Again, they dealt with a lot of injuries. I think Raptors fully healthy should be an interesting team because they, they started out really slow and then they got hot and it was too late. But I think if they play the whole season as collective and healthy, they should be a pretty good team. And I don't think that for the Nets, their talent or their top two talent outweighs the rest of their team. They have no bench. They have maybe two three-point shooters. And... Joe Harris comes back. Right, Joe Harris and Seth Curry. That's it. 
Then defensively, they don't have much defense. I mean, they did try to sign some three some uh, threes to to help like even their roster out, but they're on league minimums. Those guys are very very average, and I don't think that they run an offensive system that's going to be successful when the season comes. I think they're going to be underwhelmingly bad in reference to what I think expectations are. Well, yeah, that's a call. Do people, Vegas uh, sports odds have them winning the East again. So, yeah, I, I really don't understand what they see. And they, they just see that these guys are talented in their own aspect, but they just they don't play good basketball when you watch them. That's part of the point of why I don't have them doing well is because of that um if if you're not a good team when it, when it times for you to when it's time for you to play team basketball you're not i don't expect you to have success and they're uh, they are individual talents on uh, on a team but they don't play like a team no not at all it's just also it just seems like an all-star game out there for them exactly um I know we were talking about KD, and you mentioned a few times about Pat Bev. What do you guys think about the trade from Beverly to to the Lakers? What do you think is going to happen? Do you think it's a good move? Um, I'll, th- I'll talk. I'll let Ant go first. I'll say, as a Laker fan, um, I like Pat Bev. He's a guy you hate to play against and a guy you love on your team. So I love the fact that he's on my team. Um I don't like that we had to give up two players for him, both THT and Stanley Johnson. Granted, THT hasn't really done anything for us in the last year and a half, and Stanley Johnson had like just got a contract from us. But um, Stanley Johnson, I felt like played very well towards the end of the season. I would have liked to see what he could have done with like a full off-season training and maybe a full season with the team, knowing that his spot is solidified. Um, I also think it would have been nice to have him and both Pat Bev, since both of them are really good defenders. But um, overall, I like, again, having Pat Bev on the team. I hope and pray this means that we can get rid of Russ and hopefully get some good return for that. Um, Because I don't see it working out, having both Russ and Pat Bev on the team. I know there's already been some kind of conflict there already with reports that you know Russ doesn't want to play with Pat Bev um, and things like that. So I would just really like the Lakers to have no offs or no in locker drama throughout the season like we've had in the past year. Um, and hopefully it plays out well. We'll see. But uh, overall, like I said, I, I like it. Like I said, Pat Bev is always that guy. You, you would rather be on your team than against your team. I had Bev and what Russell Westbrook on the same basketball. T- taking the floor at the same time would be must-see TV. <laughs> Not because it would be great basketball, but because it, when it blows up, it would blow up in spectacular fashion. And, I, and you're absolutely right to be worrisome of that and hope that this means that they're going to move Westbrook. I mean, the only thing you can move Westbrook, I mean, granted, he's on, a, he's on an expiring deal, but you're going to have to take on you know, bad contracts. That's how it really flips. That's usually how it works when you have a guy that has a bloated final year of his contract offer, yeah. and uh, you have to you have to sell him for parts. You don't get like the Russell Westbrook equivalent of forty four million dollars. Yeah. 
but, but I think you guys could definitely move him to a team that feels like he's the last piece they need, and you'd get probably like a solid bench rotation for him. That's 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 the whole form. I think that it was kind of a decent trade. Um, I don't think either of the two players that they traded away make up much for their team, for the Lakers. Uh, I really kind of want to see what it would look like if they kept both. If, if they kept Pat Bev and kept Westbrook and tried to make it work. I don't know if they have a beef where it's that deep that they can't get past their differences, but I think that defensively, if the, both of them are on the same team, it'd it, it get real scary over there. I'm just happy Laker fans don't have to sell me lies that Talon Horton Tucker is like, you know, worth a first round pick anymore. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to that too. Because LeBron, LeBron made the statement that THT is going to be the next best thing. And ever since then, the Lakers refuse to trade him. I remember uh, me, and, me and my boy Amir, shout out to Amir. We were talking about all the different possibilities that THT could have been involved in the trade. And the Lakers refused to do the trade just because they wanted to keep THT. Like, we could have got... We could have got um, Bradley Beal. We could have got um, DeMar DeRozan. We could have possibly gotten Kyrie in one of the trades that uh, we were trying to get Kyrie. The Lakers like, nah, we're not including THT. You can have some other player. But they finally settle on Pat Bev. Like, that's the player that they settle on to trade this man for. But we could have got all-stars. And it's just, it was just hilarious. And, I, and again, I blame LeBron for that because they, I felt like the Lakers would have been so willing to trade him if LeBron had never made that comment about him. They, they made sure we could have kept Alex Caruso. We could have got rid of THC and kept Alex Caruso, but no, they were like, LeBron says this is the next best guy. Uh, you know, the first time, and Derek was there when it, eight years ago when. Uh, but before LeBron left in 2014, the Heat had the draft first, and the Heat moved up and got Shabazz Napier, who LeBron said was the best play, his favorite player in the draft. And I, I'll never forget. I was just like, "He's staying, Derek. He's staying." And little did we know, we just drafted a point guard for no reason. Yeah, he he definitely messed you guys up. But real quick, before we close this out, um, I wanted to get you guys a thought on Chet's injury, and then. Do you think that it's uh, going to have an impact on the Thunder going forward? I want to start with Alex because we've had conversations about Chet. All right. Uh, first of all, I am sad for Chet, and I'm also sad for me because I won't have my opportunity to see him get bullied that more often in the NBA as a rookie this upcoming year. Um, I don't think this really affects the Thunder's plans that well. I mean, they, they're just sitting on a mountain of draft picks. They're not trying to contend. I do feel bad for Shai Gilligas Alexander. He's going to have to spend another year of being on a bad team and not having you know, their first overall pick play with them this year and get that, and get that important chemistry. But uh, I think the Thunder are going to be fine. Go, they, they're, they're looking five years down the future. Okay. But I do. I do think it is kind of ironic. You know, I kept talking trash to in our group chat about how he's not going to be ready to, you know, bulk up against big guys. And who does he get hurt against the first time he plays against in a random game in Seattle? It's LeBron. 
And not not that many more. Or am I wrong to say that that many people in the NBA are bigger than LeBron? Or there's a lot more power forwards and centers that are bigger than LeBron. I feel like. Am I wrong to say that? No, you're not wrong. And he's just gonna, you know, he's. I I feel for him. Hopefully, he finds a way to bulk up without getting without damaging too much of his structure. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Chet, I feel bad for Chet. It, it sucks that, you know, you never want to see a great player get injured. And I feel like he's a great player. Felt like he would have possibly had a nice run at rookie year. But I feel like it will overall help. And the reason being, I feel like he's going to have a whole offseason to one rehab and then two get bigger, get stronger. Um, and, li- and like I said, I feel like th- this is going to be more so like a blessing in disguise for him and his career. Um, I feel like this immediately helps him realize he needs to get bigger and stronger because like you said, there's guys bigger than LeBron in the league. So if he's getting hurt off of a simple drive to the basket, then this this is a sign that he needs to improve in order to stay in the league and be successful in the league. Um, But I do want to make the comment that I honestly don't think he's hurt to where he'll be hurt the regular for the whole season. I feel like he probably would have been able to come back halfway through the season. Um, But the Thunder are just going to go like, you know what, we're going to shut you down. We want you to one, not have to feel like you're, you have to rush back and prove yourself, like just take the whole off season off. Um, and then we're also not going to be that good of a team if you're missing half the season anyway. So you coming back the second half of the season isn't going to really do much. It probably will just hurt us as a team more than help us as a team. So just take the year off, do what you got to do, and then come next season, hopefully with right moves on the offseason for next year that they'll be good and I feel like like I said this is going to be a blessing in disguise for Chet. So I'm definitely in agreement with Anthony on the blessing in disguise not only for Chet but for the Thunder. Um, they have that treasure trove of picks and I think this will help them secure number one or whatever pick they get next year but I have three names that I want to mention and I think that this is something that falls in line for Chet. Blake Griffin Joel Embiid Ben Simmons, all three of those guys missed their first year. Now, I know Joel Embiid missed more than his just his first year. But when they actually stepped foot on the court, looked different. And I think that what we're talking about right now with Chet, he's going to come back. He'll be stronger. He'll have less mileage on his legs and his feet. And I think when he actually does touch the court, he's going to surprise people. who are going to be like, oh, wow. He's a lot better. He's a lot stronger. He can hold up a little bit more than what we were expecting from him. And I think that's going to make the Thunder. You said they're they're planning for five years. That that might cut a year off of their plan. That they might be able to to look in in three, four years and be like, we're we're going to be on people's heels and making the playoffs and trying to start that that uh, journey to compete for a championship. Well, I really hope so for them because, like, you know, going how crazy this weather is, everyone, we might not even have four years left as a species. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. I wasn't at all. either. <laughs> On that note, I think that we could we could let this 
we can end on that note. That was funny. Um, <laughs> Alex, uh, plug your oh, socials and tell everybody where they can follow you at. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Coach underscore Seuss. That was my nickname while I was coaching the Palmetto Bears. Uh, we did good, I think. I don't remember. <laughs> and uh, follow me on Twitter there. Hopefully you follow, follow me within the next four years before, you know, we're all whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you can follow me on Twitter at AntDurrell25, A N T D U R E L L 25, or Instagram at AntDurrell, same spelling A N T D U R E L L. I gotta follow you. It's bad if the people on their own show don't follow each other. <laughs> it's doing <laughs> Alex, <laughs> you did not have to say that at all. Okay. I love <laughs> oh man. And you guys can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Buckley on Air. That's B U C K L E Y on Air. And we out. Peace. All right, y'all.